You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday edition. It's time to break down everything from the weekend, the NFL football Sunday. And there's plenty to get into, and there's some firings, and we're going to cover some more of those bigger stories throughout the week, but we want to focus on the games on today's program. This football season has been extremely different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Uh, Matt, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. There is COVID. There was a team with zero quarterbacks. There was a game that, again, did not happen. I don't even know where to start. Uh, I guess we can, and, and of course, I, I want to tease it because I don't want to just gloss right over the Matt Patricia firing in Detroit and Caldwell firing in Jacksonville. We're going to talk a little bit more and a little bit longer about those subjects, I think, on tomorrow's show. That way we give all the games enough time here on today's program. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I think that's the move. Let's talk football and what actually happened on the field. And you kind of mentioned it. I mean some really odd things, you know, Tyree kill has 200 receiving yards in the first quarter. Yeah. Jeremy chin scores on back-to-back plays and he plays defense. <laughs> there was a, a game that might as well been from the 1940s with leather helmets in Denver, you know, where I'm not sure there was a quarterback on the field and we'll get to Taysom Hill, but I know Denver didn't have one. I mean, there was some crazy stuff. Derrick Henry going for Tuesday this week again. You're like, of course. And of course, that game, the last we left it, we're like, well, it's scheduled for Sunday. I don't know. It doesn't seem right. And of course, yes, it did get moved (laughs) to Thanksgiving. So we'll have games to preview uh, today. Monday Night Football will tomorrow. We'll be able to talk about Monday Night Football and preview Tuesday night football. Uh, So let's start with that game. Just the odd one. Get this one out of the way with the Denver Broncos hosting the New Orleans Saints, and this was just a, a scheduled L for the Broncos. What are you going to do? They were forced to play this game. They literally didn't have a quarterback. I can't remember ever seeing anything quite like it. And the Saints, as expected, won easily 31-3. to It's not like Taysom Hill played a great game at quarterback anyway. One of my jokes on Twitter was, hey, I don't really see the problem here because the Saints aren't playing a quarterback either. But uh, he at least was able to complete some passes, nine of them. Ten passes completed total in this entire football game. But the story was the other side. Kendall Hinton, uh, a wide receiver who played quarterback last, I think, for two games as a freshman in college. And he did complete one pass for 13 yards one for nine passing a couple of interceptions uh just a really weird game yeah and i don't have anything really to take away from it except for the saints basically got a free win um to to judge anything about denver's offense is crazy um you know i often talk about yards for play you know if you're down below five that's pretty bad if you're in the low fours that's really bad well, Denver was a 2.6. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, Jeez. they didn't have an offense. And I give their D credit. It hung around for a while. It played tough, but they were on the field the whole game. And Denver gets the Chiefs next week. So there you have it. That'll Great. be fun. Uh, they should at least have a quarterback by next know. week, I would assume. I'm assuming. I haven't heard that for sure, but <laughs> I would think they'd be back to where they're supposed to be. 
Um, last note, though, about New Orleans. I, I didn't ding them at all for this or praise them at all for this. I, I mean, Taysom Hill threw for 38 yards in the first half. And by no means am I looking at him saying, boy, I'm more comfortable with him as a quarterback now than I was two days ago. Right. And uh, like in Taysom Hill's what, 30, 29 years old now? Something when, like that, yeah. uh, when, when Hinton, Kendall Hinton is 30, where would he be as a quarterback if he continued to play some quarterback, right? Because uh, that's yeah. kind of what we're seeing with Taysom Hill yesterday. It's not like the 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 Saints got markedly better quarterback play than the Broncos did, and, and they at least have a full group of quarterbacks minus their starter in, uh, in Drew Brees. But the most interesting story to me with the Saints is the disappearance of Alvin Kamara since Taysom Hill has taken over. And this is really going to shape the fantasy landscape if this is something that continues in the last two games. Kamara has been targeted three total times. He has one reception for negative two yards in these two games that Taysom Hill has started. That's got to be worrisome for uh, Alvin Kamara owners. Oh, it has to be. And I'm glad you brought it up because I think, you know, you could just brush this game off. But without question, like this is a Ravens thing. Like when you have a pure running quarterback, they're not going to dump it. You know, like Phillip Rivers is going to dump it. Drew Brees is going to dump it. They're not going to tuck it and run. I mean, as an outlet, I'm not talking about designed throws to running backs. When things don't go right, you can always dump it to, you know, Kamara and he'll get big yardage for you. I don't want to overreact to it, though, because I do know for a fact that Sean Payton worries about Kamara's workload. And in a game like this where he never felt threatened, I think you can put him on the shelf and, you know, save him for a better day. How about this? And we're probably spending too much time on this one football game for as odd as it was. But yeah. the I don't understand how Denver didn't target running backs more in the passing game. All of those targets were to wide receivers. You'd think that they'd oh, have some sort point. of a screen pass situation going on where they could have some easy dump off throws. Uh, maybe the Saints you know, took this away uh, more than I realized. But every single target right now, Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, Troy Fumagalli, Nick Vanette, and Noah Fant. Tight ends or wide receivers. Zero targets to running backs. Wow. I know Lindsey did leave the game, but played a pretty big stretch, and Gordon's a good receiver. I'm sure, I mean, I, I'm never going to watch the All-22 of this. I'm sure <laughs> New Orleans was begging them to throw the ball down the field, and they just couldn't. But it's a good point. I mean, at least design a screen or something. Help the quarterback out a little. Right. That that's that's one of the big surprising things for me on Denver's side, but yeah, that that's an unfortunate game for the Denver Broncos, who are piling up losses this season. Let's move on to the Falcons and Raiders. Atlanta blowing the Raiders out in this one, another easy win, forty three to six Sunday. Uh, Falcons improved to four and seven. Raiders falling to six and five now on the season in that fight for the last playoff spot in. The AFC, not a great look for the Raiders here because not only did they lose the game, but they, they weren't really even in this. They were really never in it. And it, frankly, Atlanta had to settle for field goals a little bit earlier, could have blown their doors off in the first quarter. It, it was a miserable game by the Raiders. And they made like every mistake you can possibly make. Like there were self-inflicted wounds left and right. And hey, the Falcons held them to 40 yards rushing. Like the box score is so weird. I just happened to pull it up. They scored 43 points and Matt Ryan had a stat line of 179 yards and two touchdowns. Like you'd think Matt Ryan threw for 560 and eight touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it was more, it, 
The Falcons are better than people think. I've been kind of harping on that for a while. But this was at least as much on the Raiders just playing as bad as you possibly can play. And there were two non-offensive touchdowns for Atlanta in that game. And it was, yeah, that Raiders offense giving the ball back continually to the Falcons in good field position. Yeah, I mean, you still wouldn't think the result would be that extreme from a scoreboard situation. But, I mean, they lost a time possession battle by like 10 minutes. They had 11 penalties for 141 yards. You know, I mean, a miserable showing by Vegas. The Buffalo Bills held on to beat the Chargers 27-17, but uh, the Bills once again did give up a Hail Mary reception when they had three defenders, four defenders in the same area letting a a receiver get his hands on the football, something they're going to have to, I I would imagine they're going to be working on a little bit more in practice once again if they already didn't against the, uh, after that uh, Arizona Cardinals football game. But the Bills held on to win 8-3 now, uh, very in charge of the AFC East, 27-17 the final over the 3-8 now Chargers. Yeah, and I think the Bills are a really good team. Um, they're eight and three, like you mentioned. They're going to win that division. I really feel strong about that. But you know, the Chargers chargered things up after that hail mary too. Like it was just a miserable, you know, clock management at the end of both halves, and really shot themselves. And I thought Buffalo was the much better coach team. Josh Allen was kind of up and down, but the Bills turned the ball over and had penalties, and Buffalo didn't play a real clean game. Did you hear the post-game press conference with Coach Anthony Lynn? And he was asked by a reporter, why, why did you let whatever it was, 15 seconds tick off the clock before you called a timeout? And his response was, oh, yeah, you know what? I don't really know what happened there. Ah. You don't? <laughs> uh, isn't that your job? Or like, is he waiting for someone to tell him in his ear? Is there like a guy that has that job that is going to be fired now today? Uh, that was curious. And I know you've talked about it a lot where that's probably a hot seat job for you. I don't know if it is for... Chargers ownership, but uh, I would tend to agree now. When you hear a a comment like that, like, come on, clock management, you got to at least have an answer for it. Right, and they they boggle it week after week. I mean, this should be a better team with more wins. They've won one of their last five. They're three for 16 on third downs. You know, Eckler's back, but he doesn't, you know, help you in that much. It should be a big boost. I mean, I don't think they're a well-coached team. And I think people that have followed me on this show and my whole career realize over the last 15 years or 18 years or whatever I've been in the media, I don't say that very often, but it stands out with this team. Tuesday, two-minute warning tomorrow. Hit me at BD Peacock with your questions. Matt at Williamson NFL. Uh, I have a question for you for tomorrow's show that I'll tease right now, and it's mm-hmm. if the Chargers job becomes open. Is it the best job that is potentially uh, vacant for potential new head coaches? And uh, we'll talk about some jobs that we already know are open tomorrow. So we'll talk about that on Tuesday's show and we'll hit all of your questions on the two minute warning coming up though on today's show, the rest of the Sunday games. Can we talk a little bit about getting in shape? Nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment when you hit your fitness goals. And you start feeling great about yourself. You physically just feel better about your day-to-day activities, right? And Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. 
World-class instructors motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash NFL. You nailed this one, Matt. Not quite the score you thought. You thought the Giants might blow out the Bengals, but uh, New York did win this one 19-17, the 4-7. and Giants now uh, having a conversation about winning the NFC East and potentially being a playoff team, which is something I didn't think I would really be talking about this year with that team. The Bengals now sans Joe Burrow falling to two, eight and one. Yeah. And I thought they'd win bigger. I mean, just from our betting conversations, but it sort of went as I thought. I mean, they almost had 400 yards of offense. They held the ball for over 37 minutes. Hey, they've won three in a row and, Daniel Jones went out in this game with looked like a bad hamstring injury, not like, ooh, it's kind of bugging me type hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. He couldn't push off it at all. He couldn't move. And Colt McCoy showed, you know, that he's a capable dude. But in the quest to win the, the NFL, NFC least, I think you need Daniel Jones out there, which says a lot about where this team is. I think they've gotten better. Cincinnati actually played a little better than I expected, but I expected them to be just horrific, and they were pretty bad. There was the special teams touchdown, too, which made this game a lot closer than it actually was. I think it was Brandon Wilson who had the 103-yard kick return for a score for Cincinnati. Uh, but, yeah, it was, you nailed it. You pretty much nailed this yeah. game. I don't think we need to talk to it, talk about it much more, except for now the Daniel Jones injury. Yeah, it looked like he got shot in the back of the leg. He was not getting up from that. He had to be helped off the field. That's something that might hold him out for uh, a little while and might hurt. New York's chances of winning the you know winning a couple of games. I don't know what is it six wins that wins the East. I would think. Yeah. I mean, at this, this this stage of the game, I mean, uh, again, I think we should do that this week too. Is yeah. all these teams' remaining schedules and, and maybe win loss it out and see what get what gets you there. That might be something for Wednesday or so. And by the way, it was Brandon Allen who's uh, getting the start at quarterback for Cincinnati in that game and uh, seventeen of twenty nine hundred thirty six yards. A pretty a pretty pedestrian pedestrian day for him he did find t higgins in the end zone for a touchdown there but uh not much offense going without hickson no. and without their star young quarterback in cincinnati they're going to pile up some losses here to end the season that that's pretty clear yeah i don't know if they'll win another one how about this one the tennessee titans this is one of my games of the week i couldn't wait to watch and wow derrick henry 45 26 the titans Beat the Colts, a little payback for the Colts win a couple weeks ago. Titans now a commanding one-game lead at the top of the AFC South at 8-3. and three. The Colts at 7-4. and four. Two big wins in a row for Tennessee now. I mean, they piled up, what, five touchdowns in the first half there. Derrick Henry, uh, 178 yards, three touchdowns. Just, man, this guy's a, such a monster. It's so, I like, I, yeah. I, I think... When you look at the schedule for, say, if you're a linebacker, you're a safety, you see the the Ravens, you're like, oh, this game's going to be weird. I don't want to chase Lamar Jackson around. But the team you want to face the least probably right now is the, the Tennessee Titans because that means you have to tackle Derrick Henry 30 times. Yeah, and they just got over their difficult stretch of their schedule. They have pretty smooth sailing. We know that Henry goes bonkers in December. I mean, as, every year it's clockwork. I mean, as games go on, he gets better. As the season goes on, he gets better. 
Uh, it's remarkable. And in this game, it, it, he was a dominant player from the get-go. And I, I think, you know, DeForest Buckner not being in there certainly helped, but mm-hmm. they're not winning this game with Buckner anyway. Colts average just 2.7 yards per carry. And you know, getting down is asking a lot of Rivers and these weapons. And they, they had a couple of line injuries for the Colts. But clearly Tennessee was the much better team. Um, I, I wonder, though, I mean, they split this series. If they played 100 times, would it be 50-50? Or would it lean one way more than the other? You know, Tennessee kind of killed themselves with special teams in the first game. Right. Um, they may meet a third time. Who knows? I don't, I don't want to put it all on the loss of DeForest Buckner in this game and not having him out there, but there were times when Tennessee, and maybe this was a mindset thing where they were just, they came into this game focused and they're like, we are going to bully you. And that's what they were doing. They were yeah. resetting the line of scrimmage three yards behind where the Colts had, had lined up. And, and that was what was really um, glaring to me from the Colts defenses. They were just being manhandled up front. Yeah. And, I don't know who the Titans offensive line coach is off the top of my head, but you know, they lost Conklin. They've got nothing from their first round pick. They've gone through tackles left and right, and they're still bullies. I mean, they're still, you know, making it work to a high degree. And oh, by the way, AJ Brown just he's emerging as one of the better wide receivers in the league. Uh David Questenberry got the start at left tackle in this game for Tennessee. And he's been bounced around for a little while in the league. And uh, it's Keith Carter, by the way, who is in his third hmm. season now as the Titans offensive line coach. Well, he needs to be recognized doing a good yeah. job. Uh, that's maybe the first time I've ever uttered his name. And so I'm glad we yeah, were able to, to throw that out there. Uh, props to Keith Carter, an up and comer in the NFL. Where are we? How about the Panthers and the Vikings? The Vikings narrowly get out of there with 18 fourth quarter points, beating the Panthers 28-27. Kirk Cousins played really well. They, they, it wasn't all you would think. Dalvin Cook would have went crazy in this game if you, you know, if you just reeled off that, uh, you know, score, final score. But I thought Cousins played really well. Um, this one went down to the wire. Obviously, special teams hurt Minnesota, but they were fortunate that Carolina didn't hit that last kick. I have Teddy Bridgewater issues, to be honest with you. I, I don't know that he's the guy, um, but. Uh, this kind of shocked me when I looked at the Panthers after the fact that they've lost six of their last seven, you know, and their only win in the last seven games has been over Detroit. Like I keep thinking, boy, Carolina's pretty good. You know, they don't embarrass themselves, but you lose six out of seven and your only wins over the lions. I mean, that's, they're not in a good place right now. It's they're coming back to reality. There's some fantasy football owner out there who's just puffing his chest out all season long. And he's got, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook is a starting running backs, and he lost this week. <laughs> yeah, right. It's one of those weeks, and, and that happens in the NFL, and that's what makes fantasy football so frustrating at times, and it was the Kirk Cousins show. He threw the ball 45 times, completed 34 of them, 300 yards, three touchdowns, two of those two, star rookie Justin Jefferson, and he is a star. Like I get more and more impressed oh, yeah. every time I watch Justin Jefferson play. Yeah, and no Thielen in that game, too. Like, you would think... Of course, they're rolling coverage Jefferson's direction. They don't really have a third guy, and it didn't really matter. Um, how good's Minnesota? Like, they've been pretty darn competitive. They've won four of their last five lately, and their their only loss was by three points to the Cowboys. And that doesn't sound great, but you win four out of five. I didn't know where to put them in my power ranks. Like, who's better, Minnesota or Cleveland? And I think maybe Minnesota. Oh, that's... It's it's weird because Minnesota has some stars on the defense side of the ball. Eric Kendricks with an interception in this game, which was a big play. Yeah. But 
I just defensively, I just still don't think they have it, even though they have no, Kendricks and they still have Harrison Smith. Uh, the defensive line is, is something that's not going to allow them, and you have to win a whole bunch of games in the NFC to get into the playoffs too. But they're you know they're that maybe that Mendoza line team where it's like if you, you have to be better than the Vikings to be a good team in the NFC right now. If you're worse than the Vikings, then you're probably in trouble. Yeah, it's a good point, and we'll get to them. But your Niners are sort of in that conversation too. Like they could. They're going to be pesky. They're not going to go away. You know, I mean, they're going to probably not end up in the dance, but it's a good coach. It's a good organization. They've won a lot of games in the last couple of years. Yeah, and we can move on to that game right now. The The 49ers shocking the Rams in uh, winning the season sweep over the Rams. 23-20, the final there. Uh, field goal, four seconds left for Robbie Gold to seal that one. The Niners are now five and six, and the Rams fall to seven and four. And we, we talked about some coaching vacancies. Robert Sala's name has to come up when you see games like this. Like He just has Sean McVay's number. It's pretty amazing the, the ownership that the, the 49ers have had over the Rams. And it's the only team that's over 500 that the 49ers have beaten this year. So I don't know if it's just that division rival. They know him so well. They have the Rams number. Or if the 49ers getting more players back. They got Debo Samuel back, who went off in this game. 11 catches, 133 yards. They got Richard Sherman back. I think that's really important for the 49ers, who are getting healthier. And at some point in this season, if they do, say, rattle off some wins, the last couple of games against the Cardinals and the Seahawks this season, they could have Jimmy Garoppolo back on the field. They could have George Kittle. So they could be pretty healthy and have everybody but Nick Bosa essentially back from their Super Bowl team the last couple of weeks of the season if they need it, which is very interesting. And, and it was pretty clear how much better the 49ers are once they started getting some more pieces back this week following their bye. Yeah, and uh, I, these two teams know each other so well. I'm sure these head coaches are very, very similar on and off the field. And I think if as long as that both teams have reasonably equal bullets in their gun. They're going to play a lot of tight games, and the Niners were very impressive. God, I mean, so many turnovers in this game on both sides. Goff looked really bad, but the Rams came back into it, and Aaron Donald put on his cape and was Superman for a little bit there, too, and mm -hmm. saw some splashes from Akers, which I think is encouraging. Um, you know, a defensive touchdown by Troy Hill and another one by Kinlaw. Just a back-and-forth game, and I, I'm i sure the Rams don't want to play the Niners. You know, they don't look forward to that game at all. <laughs> right. And to your point, you know, the Niners could be pesky this year. Right, they could be that team that that you don't really want to play, even though maybe they're they're out of it, and it's going to be so hard for them at 5-6 and six that they would have to pretty much win out, maybe lose one game, and still get some help from some, from some other teams in front of them, whether it's the Rams or the Cardinals lose a bunch of games down the stretch or, you know, the Buccaneers and, and all four teams in the NFC West somehow get into the playoffs. That's the only path for the 49ers to salvage something. But beating the Rams makes makes it so they're not quite out of it yet. But yeah, you mentioned the yeah. quarterbacks and the turnovers. And that was sort of the, the key to the game. Goff turned it over more times than Nick Mullins, and they were both awful, especially early in this game. It was two interceptions and a, a lost fumble for Jared Goff, and I think that was the story. Yeah, I, I do too. And Goff's performance was certainly worrisome and you know I was kind of pumping him up a little bit last week and this is kind of why you you don't to be honest with you you know things when, when it doesn't go to script and he's not in a real optimal situation rarely does it go well but I'm not going to kill the Rams I mean I still think the Rams are in the conversation as one of the the tier two teams in this league I mean just the Niners are really tough matchup for them and you did mention this name but I just want to throw it out there again too Debo Samuel being back was oh, great yeah. to see I mean boy he's a force
that was huge. That was huge getting him back on offense. They needed some firepower there. And they got Raheem Mostert back, too, and he was running yeah. the ball well early in the game. His stat line overall doesn't look great, but I think that opened some things up for Mullins a little bit in the passing game, especially in the second half. Let's stay in the NFC West, talk Cardinals-Patriots next, and finish up the rest of the Sunday slate here on Peacock and Williamson. Built Bar has reset their promo code, by the way, when they relaunched this football season. So if you bought Built Bars, let's say, six months ago, that promo code is going to be relaunched, and you can still get 20% off your first order from Built Bar with promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. And they have six new flavors to go with it. They've got Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, which is a takeoff of the ice cream flavor, but in bar form, Cherry Barcia, get it? Uh, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorites are Peanut Butter, and salted caramel is pretty good, too. I like anything pretty much salted caramel. Uh, They are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, even good for a keto diet. Great for the health conscious folks out there that can help your diet lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Go to builtbar.com, promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. How about this? I didn't see this coming. This would have been in my six pack actually taking the cards to uh, to beat the Patriots. It was the Pats that beat the Cardinals 20-17. to 17. I mentioned one of those teams that would have to crumble down the stretch for uh, another team to get in in the NFC playoff picture, and the Cardinals might be that team right now. They're only 6-5, and five, despite how good they've played this season. The Patriots, look out for them at 5-6, and six, or, or maybe that team in the AFC that are a little bit like the Niners, where uh, they're severely undermanned, but you still don't want to go into New England and play the Patriots ever. No, and... Somebody tweeted us late last night, and I don't have it in front of us, and, and they kind of put the, the the box score main stuff up and just talked about how, you know, you and I talk special teams a lot, how some of that hidden yardage and stuff is super important, and it really is in this game, and that's been a Belichick trait since the dawn of time, and he wins the hidden yardage battle time and time again. You know, Arizona's dropped two in a row. They're 6-5, and five, as you mentioned. They're certainly not a shoe-in to win, you know, get into the postseason. Um, could your Niners even pass them in the West? A couple things that stood out were, first of all, they held the the Patriots to 3.5 yards per play. Like the Cardinals D was awesome in this game. Kyler Murray, to me, I think his shoulder still really is a problem. You know, like he didn't, he dumped it to Drake, which they never did early in the year, you know, and he would take off and run. This time he didn't. Uh, he didn't throw the ball as well as he usually does. But give Belichick credit. I mean, you talk about a pass rush plan. They did a phenomenal job of not allowing him to get out of the pocket, making his short, you know, stature throw amongst the trees and have a hard time seeing. They rushed him very, very intelligently, which, you know, no shock with who that head coach is, obviously. Right. And this that's one of those games where Bill Belichick gets to do what he does, and he comes up with his own game plan specifically for your team. And you can't, as an offense, really game plan because you don't know how – they're going to attack you. And you know some staples of Belichick's defense, but he can bring something completely different and a new look to attack just you, and that's what happened in this game. And so those kind of games are fun to watch to see the chess match between a young quarterback who's still getting better and better and hasn't seen everything quite yet in the NFL but can make so many plays and a guy like Bill Belichick who's seen everything and is going to have a plan to stop you. Yeah, they've won three out of four. I mean, another note, 
Cam Newton completed yeah. two passes in the first half. I was going to say, there's, there, you you can't really go anywhere on the roster from Cam Newton. You're not going to go to Brian Hoyer, right, at quarterback. Not this year. No. Uh, so maybe next year they they rethink Cam Newton and they evaluate there. But there were times in this game where there were some fans who were like, you got to move off of Cam Newton. It's like, well, who, you're still not going to find a better player. So they kind of just uh, used him as uh, more of a runner in the second half, too. He ended up carrying the ball nine times, averaging five yards per carry. And it's like, okay, well, let's use this skill set if the, if the arm's not going to work for us today. Yeah, right. I mean, he's a unique player. Got thrust into this mix late. His weapons are very poor, but he hasn't been great either. I mean, but he has to be the guy the rest of the year, at least while they're in the hunt. Maybe Jared Stidham starts week 17 just to see right. what kind of tape you can put together. One of those type of deals. Yeah, see if he's probably not a starter for you long term or maybe a stopgap guy or a long term, you know, just evaluate, you know, long term right, backup right. maybe. But they're going to be a. I don't want to talk off seasons too much, but they're going to be super interesting. So they got oh, yeah. a ton of cap space. They're going to have more picks than usual. What do you do a quarterback? You know, I mean, there's a ton of fascinating off season rosters and, and organizations around the league. And then when you factor in the salary cap getting lower and how much that will factor into things as well, it's going to be a wild one in, in January for those teams that aren't playing football. Yeah. And if you do have a lot of cap space, like the Patriots and the Eagles and all these other teams are cutting good players left and right. Mm-hmm. You could probably pick those guys up at 75% of what they were getting paid before. And you infuse it with the power of draft picks. I, I think it's a little early to say, boy, Belichick's team's going to be the bottom feeder in the East for the next 10 years. You know, oh, he yeah. might figure something out. I think there's a good chance he'll figure something out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The Dolphins. With Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, to his thumb kept him out of this game, and it was the Dolphins victorious over the lowly New York Jets, twenty to three. Yeah, I didn't see a ton of this one. Um, it seemed pretty apparent to me that Miami was very short on weapons. It was kind of like Devonte Parker, and that was about it. But hey, they won six out of seven, and uh, the Jets really never moved the ball at all. I mean, they were never, they scored three points and I felt like if they played another 60 minutes, maybe they'd have got the six points. Like they never moved the ball at all. I mean, they, they were dominated. They didn't need a lot from the Miami offense. Um, so there you have it. I mean, it was a classic Sam Darnold game too. And we had talked about Sam Darnold's trade value. And again, I don't want to get too, too deep in the off season stuff here, but uh, I'm not giving up any, like a top 50 pick for Sam Darnold. If you want to give me a bargain basement deal and I'll, I'll see if we can, reclaim him on on my football team that I'm uh, fictitiously in charge of here in the offseason maybe but there's just too many mistakes throwing the ball to the other team is he completely broken I, I'm I'd rather just draft a quarterback and start fresh with somebody if I'm going to spend you know a first or second round pick so I, I'm giving you a third max probably for Sam Darnold at this point he had a couple of 30 yarders one to Denzel Mims one to uh, Rashad Perryman and otherwise it was a really awful game by him yeah, I, I have some quarterbacks that I it takes me a really long time to give up on, and Darnold and Wentz really come to mind right now. But every game you watch isn't good. Like there's right. no denying that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, <laughs> you know? the the evidence is piling up against Sam Darnold. You know, it's it's yeah. really tough to ignore at a certain point, even though he's in an awful situation. But even when you see Flacco, at least is competent. They were better, right? So, yeah, Browns. Browns and Jaguars. Jaguars firing their GM after this one. One in 10 Jags losing to the Browns. Another close loss for the Jaguars, but still a loss. And don't look now, the eight and three Browns, 27-25 Cleveland. Yeah, and 
I thought Jacksonville did fine. You know, I mean, we kind of poked fun at Mike Glennon and he's an NFL quarterback and, you know, he threw the ball reasonably well. James Robinson's a good football player. Like I think I'm over that hump of he's cute and a fun story, but you know, this was a really close game. Chubb looked awesome. Hunt was a big contributor, kind of an odd Baker Mayfield game. Uh, I think you have to mention Stefanski and the coach of the year conversation. They're eight and three. (laughs) And that's the first time since like the eighth grade picnic that they're not going to have a losing season. They're at least going to be eight and eight, probably better, obviously. Man, Baker Mayfield missed a wide open. I think it was Jarvis Landry in the end zone. Like you can't get have an easier touchdown than this. He was uncovered and just uh, completely missed him in the end zone. And his numbers look good. Uh, He had a 116 passer rating in this game, did Baker Mayfield, but uh, he he didn't play as good as as this might have looked. No, no. And if Jacksonville hits that two point conversion, yeah, maybe it doesn't go that way. You know, (laughs) like this game had a fine line to it. I agree with you on Stefanski, though. Uh, let's move on. We're running out of time here. Let's talk Chiefs and Buccaneers. This game was closer than the box score would lead you to believe with Patrick Mahomes. And we talked about it. The Chiefs offense is sort of matchup proof with whatever defense they're going against. Patrick Mahomes, 462 passing yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill going off in the first half. He ended up with 13 catches for 269 and all three of Patrick Mahomes touchdown passes but it was the Chiefs narrowly hanging on to a surging Bucks in the fourth quarter there uh, the Bucks scored 14 unanswered in the fourth uh, the Chiefs did hold on though 27-24 yeah I, I played in one of my dynasty leagues against a team that had Mahomes Tyreek Will Fuller and James Robinson and I'm losing by like 180 <laughs> points right now <laughs> at least he didn't have Derrick Henry too Right, right. I mean, so there's a couple of some fantasy notes like that, that if you had any of these five guys, you either won or got killed in fantasy. This game wasn't that close, but I do give Tampa credit for battling back. I don't give them credit for playing a lot of man coverage early on, especially on Tyreek. That sure didn't work. Um, They don't have to face Mahomes every week, and their losses are against good teams, but they're working through some things. Luckily for them, though, they have a bye this week. I mean, it's December and there's snow on the ground here and Tampa has a bye. It's yeah. a perfect time for a Buccaneer bye. Everyone take a step back, you know, you know, relax your weary bones, Tom. Try to get this thing back to where you can and maybe you finish really strong. I'm going to steal a quote from a good friend of mine that texted this to me today saying, well, while he's watching this game, he said, the Chiefs look like the Harlem Globetrotters. Like they're just having fun and doing fun things and Kelsey <laughs> catches this ball and then fake pitches it and runs. And like, they just do whatever they want. Absolutely. Eric B another hot name that's going to be yeah. on the uh, head coaching search list in uh, about a month. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a couple months cause they're going to be playing for a while. So you have to find an off week for the chiefs. Maybe if they have a buy, he can interview for some vacant jobs, but uh, yeah, the the Chiefs' offense is just fun to watch when they're when they're having fun and they're letting loose. And Andy Reid's just the perfect type of co- coach for Patrick Mahomes, and you can really appreciate it when you when you watch them play and some of the things that they're able to uh, come up with. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you know, paid most attention to that game because it was the best one on. It was mm-hmm. a national game, but it's fun to see Mahomes through Romo's eyes. I mean, he's just amazed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, for this game, it was tough for me because I was really 
entrenched in the 49ers game, but when you see Twitter blowing up with what's going on with Tyreek Hill and you're like, wait a second, is this this, the tweet about the the old play or is this a new play that they just made? And then you go look and you're like, oh my God, okay, that's a new one there. 269 passing uh, receiving yards. Okay. All right, uh, let's move on to the night game, which was the Packers that dominated the Bears. Mitch Trubisky at quarterback for Chicago, uh, 41-25 Packers, the Pack commanding lead in the NFC North at 8-3. Bears, what, have lost five straight now, 5-6. and six. They were 5-1 and one at one point this season. Were they not 5-1 and one at some point? It seems like a, yeah. a decade ago wow. now. But, uh, yeah, the Bears definitely trending in the wrong direction. I don't know if there's any big takeaways from you in this game. Not really. Aaron Rodgers, when you get to watch play after play after play, is even more impressive than maybe at any point in his career. I mentioned Mahomes just being in such control. Rodgers has that times a million, right? I mean, not not more so than Mahomes, but just is so in control of every aspect around him, you know, manipulating the defense like it's on a string. And Chicago's defense looked like they finally had enough. Like, we're on the field all the time. This is a miserable year. At least the, I mean, I'm really reaching here, but at least the Bears got Montgomery and Robinson some production. That's more of a fantasy note than anything. But I wrote a little blurb. I mean, general manager to coach to quarterback, I'm putting the Bears right there with Jacksonville and some of the worst franchises in the league. They all need to go. Yeah, and it was just a reminder that Trubisky's not the guy. And there was some chatter. It's like, look, they went to Foles too soon, and the Bears won three games in September when Trubisky was the quarterback. And then you see him play again. You're like, yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Trubisky's definitely not the guy. Boy, you miss his throws. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, he just – he's yeah. the accuracy. And he, like, it's one side of the field in particular, he, can't, he has never been able to throw to. It's so odd. No, I mean, he had so many that it's like, wow, that's a, just a terrible throw. Uh, let's make some picks for Monday Night Football. We've got the 7-3 Seahawks visiting the 3-6-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Seattle favored by 6.5 here. It's a pretty good number. Um, at home doesn't change my life too much, and the road trip doesn't bother me with Seattle. I'm going with the Hawks. I think Wilson's ready to shine on national stage much like Rodgers and Mahomes did this past week and those three stand alone there's a conversation to me of who's the fourth best quarterback in the league but those three are tier one right now I bet Wentz throws a couple picks and and Seattle's D is actually not dreadful right now they they've shown some signs of life and they do have some talent in getting uh, Dunlap getting, and Adams. Yeah, Dunlap has Adams, been a massive you know? get. I think that's the biggest move of the the trade season, mid-season this year. That, that was a huge move for Seattle to get him and obviously getting Jamal Adams yeah. back. It's Max just, Harrison's factoring in. Like, they're okay. Right. Getting better, improving on defense, which is key for that team. And Russell Wilson, hopefully he's over his spurt of uh, throwing too many interceptions there for a few games. And since it's under a touchdown, yeah, I'll take Seattle and give up those six and a half points just because I can't trust it. And I've talked about it. I'm, I'm not going to go with any NFC East team just because I can't no. trust really any of them. And there's some whispers that this might be the game we see a lot more of Jalen Hurts in prime time, which would be fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm open to the idea. Uh, I'm also open to the idea when we start talking coaching changes that Philly should be in that conversation maybe too. 
Good stuff, Matt. We'll break down everything from Monday Night Football and tomorrow's show and preview again. Hopefully, it'll be the third time we've talked about this uh, Steelers-Ravens game. Hopefully, it's it actually happens. About this. Oh, for, yeah, that's only for me. For you, it's been uh, <laughs> daily. Uh, hopefully, this game actually happens and gets done. We'll I have can't keep up with who's scheduled to play and who isn't. Right, uh, and, I, I, and I it to... changed the next week, too, which we have to talk about. And I'm, I'm confused. I, I, like, I don't even know what's going on. Maybe you can help me tomorrow, but... Yeah, I'll learn some stuff in the meantime. Okay, <laughs> good. We're just trying to figure out the schedule at this point. <laughs> right, right. I oh hope gosh. there's a game, so yeah. who All knows. Right. But I, if the Ravens look like the Broncos did this past week, that's, yeah, it's not going to be that bad, but they could be really depleted. Monday Night Football, Tuesday Night Football, and your questions on the two-minute warning tomorrow at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.